Hey, bowlers, bowling this month is back. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Mo Pinnell. Mo is the Technology Director for Radical Bowling Technologies. For more, check out RadicalBowling.com. Also check out, they have a Facebook page, Radical Bowling, as well. Mo, Tim Berg here. Thanks for joining me today. Well, I'm glad you gave me a call, and uh, I'm always interested in talking to you and seeing what you got going on, and uh, please feel free to call me anytime. Well, of course, Mo, with the USBC Open Championships, we're uh, about a month month into it or thereabouts. want to get your thoughts. You put out a great piece, which people can find at RadicalBowling.com and also on Radical Bowling's Facebook page where you discuss your opinion and your strategy of the pattern. But let's discuss that right now. So talk about where you think and what you've seen from the scores this year and how you think teams should be approaching things and attacking the lanes in El Paso. Some things are similar, but a lot of things are different. The patterns are obviously much more difficult because to be sport bowl compliant, you have to have a three-to-one pattern. And the team event is 1.64 to 1, and the doubles and singles is 1.86 to 1. So they're obviously even much tougher than that. I wasn't at the meeting where they put this together, but my feeling is uh, they're guarding against another 3,700. And it, it yields to some interesting factors that go on. When you look at the pattern, the most significant thing I saw at first was they're using a 9-foot drop brush in one of the patterns and a 10-foot drop brush in the other. They've never done that before. I used that strategy in setting up house shots and different tournament patterns all the time. When you use that longer drop brush, what you're really saying is that the area from in one pattern from 30, 30 to 39 feet is only going to be bucked one way. 
So oil's only going to be applied one way. So that's about half as much oil. So what it does is it improves the lengthwise taper and allows the ball to slow down coming off the oil pattern, which gives you a chance for the ball to hook. For, for a ball to strike, it's got to slow down. So they give you that. I think that's much better front-to-back motion on the lane, much truer transitions. But then they go and say, okay, we're going to give you truer transitions, but we're going to make it real difficult to score because you're going to have to hit what you're looking at. That's where you get that 1.64 to 1 on the team and 1.86 to 1 on the doubles and singles. Now, I've been doing supervised practice sessions. People want to do this, and I'm traveling. I'm going to do one tomorrow. And I've done eight or nine of them so far on five or six different centers. And the advantage there is the lighting machine puts the pattern out, and then I get to smear it with my fingers and see what I see. And the only thing I find that is showing up on every pattern so far is if you take an oil smear, a tactical test, on the lane, the first three boards have less oil than the boards four in. From four to the center of the lane on both sides, I can't tell where the where the different layers are. To me, it's just a big oil puddle. But in every place I've tested, the outside three boards have less oil than from four in, and it's noticeable when you when you smear it. So to me, shots on four. I mean, that's logical. That makes sense to you. It does. Yeah. So. Here's the strategy I came up with based on that observation. And it's held true, like I said, in every place I've gone with every lane machine. And you and I both know that different lane machines don't put it down exactly the same. But it's always one, two, three, has less oil than four to the middle. So to me, the shots are four. Now, that's a tricky place to play. Now, with this drop brush and being as long as it is, one's a 38-foot pattern, one's a 39 but they're not going to play that long because the last nine or ten feet are only buffed one way, so there's significantly less oil on the lane in the last nine or ten feet. So to me, you've got to consider that they're 36 and 37-foot patterns, somewhere in that area. So they're going to play like a shorter pattern with a little with a blend on the end. Shorter patterns, oil line on four, automatic to me, we're going to go to the edge. So that's my strategy. And so far, in every one of the test houses that we've done and every one of these supervised practice sessions, which last two or three hours, by the time we get into the end of those practice sessions, the lanes are pretty easy. But they're pretty easy out on five, six, seven is where your oil line is. It moves in a couple of boards from where. But now comes the strategy. Number one, you have to play straight in through the front. And you and I were talking that Chris Warren said that he thought an older team would do well. Well, the team that's leading that's busted it so far, and they've got 10, they got 10,063, I think, team all events, which I don't think is going to get beat, has younger players on it. But, okay, I think you have to play straight up the edge of the lane. And in order to do that and be effective, my strategy involves, number one, using layouts that have less flare, so the ball flares less. That allows you to play straighter through the front. Ball gets to the end of the oil pattern, 
makes a single move, goes to the pocket. So we need less flare so we can play straighter, and we don't have to loop the fronts, because if we loop the fronts, we need the pattern up. Okay. But now, we got to make the pattern get better as we bowl. So we got less flare in the layouts that I suggest. You'll see it's on the, bot, on the back of that uh, article as a chart. We need to use a lot of surface. We need to use a lot of surface on the lane so we can use the ball as an eraser during the first game to remove the oil, to help remove more of the oil from the outside of the lane. So that even though the shot's on the 3-4 intersect, it'll move into 4-5 or 5-6, but there'll be less oil from those boards to the outside. When I answered a question on bowling chat the other day, I made, made light of something that Chris Barnes had said once, and uh, when you're bowling match play, and I find true. On some patterns, you play the shot, and on other patterns, you make the shot. And you got to make it. Because you look at the score so far, eight out of the top ten teams in the standings right now had their big game in the last game. In fact, the team that, the team that was leading before this last team, okay, the team that was leading, shot 939, 989, and 1233. Don't tell me that they were over 200 pins better the last game on the same shot they bowled the first two games on. I just don't see that happening. So they made something for themselves. The junior, the junior support team USA, those guys hit it real good, but they had big games all the way through. They started in the right place and they broke it down. So this is a sh this is a pattern where you make your shot as you play early. So you have to have balls you can hit the pocket with and ball pretty decently with early that will make it easier for you. Because another rule of bowling, and I'll let you start talking questions with me after this, is <laughs> the ball you throw the first game affects how the lane plays the third game. you got to throw that in the mix here. So let's go talk about whatever you want to. That is my strategy. <laughs> yeah, Mo, just to fill everyone in behind the curtain, what we were talking about before we got started here is I had said that Chris Warren up at uh, Caveman Bowl was telling me, in his opinion, after bowling on the pattern a couple times, that he thought the average age of a team was going to end out to be over 40 just based on the fact of how the lanes were playing for folks. So that kind of helps people understand what we were talking about there. And, and uh, Chris and Kevin do a great job. Chris uh, Warren and Kevin Croucher up at Caveman Bowl do a great job up in Grants Pass with laying out the pattern and, uh, and helping up bowlers to practice before they head out to the USBC Open Championships. So the low differential balls, I've heard that now from a couple different people as well. I guess let's talk about then, let, let's just go right to what you guys have in your line there at Radical and even some of the Brunswick and DVA pieces that, that would fit the bill. I, I have heard from a couple different folks that this may be the year that there isn't, an, you know, the ball, so to speak. It's more of the motion that the ball is going to make, you know, off the pattern and once it hits the pattern. But what do you guys have in your line? And then also briefly, if you want to touch on a few in the, uh, the Brunswick and DVA line as well that you feel fit that, uh, fit that bill. Well, the ball that really satisfies the needs here is the uh, Radical Guru, which we introduced last fall and got the highest hook rating in the history of the game. Got a 61 hook rating. And that's pretty accurate. It's been accepted as the biggest hooking ball in the history of the game. Because there's so much hook potential there, we can go with a lower player drilling. A ball with a pin somewhere between 1 and 
two and a half inches from the axis. That reduces the flare. I like asymmetrical balls to start with. So we recommend the Black Guru, followed by the Mighty Guru, followed by, after you've burned it up quite a bit, followed by a symmetrical ball that likes to roll up. Because what you want is a ball that will go through the front, make a single move, and then roll forward to the pocket. We to use the steamroller effect here. And you can do that with a lot of different companies. Uh, you can do that with Brunswick with their mastermind line. You can start out with a regular mastermind, follow it with a scholar, and then go to a symmetrical ball that rolls up in the midline. And they have a bunch of balls in their line. The other companies have those balls, too. But we want the hitting power of the asymmetrical when there's still oil on the outside to carry. So the key is the transition. You go from your first ball should be your most aggressive ball, the ball that hooks the most. Get out there while the oil's still on the outside, use the ball that hooks the most. When that ball starts to hook, here's where you've got to have patience. And we know bowlers have lots of patience. When that ball starts to hook, the instinct is, hey, I'm bowling good with that ball. I'm going to move in and just chase it in with that ball. If you do that, you're going to die. You're going to rip the pattern apart. What you have to do is use your aggressive ball first, and when it starts to hook, you have to ball down to a ball with a similar motion and about three or four boards less hook. So you're still in the same place, but you're using a different ball to do it. Now, after you ball down and go through two balls, staying outside, now you can chase it if you want, or you can ball down again the third time. So you have a little option after you get through the first two balls. But ball down, don't chase it in. And bowlers got to get this ball in their hand, and they love to get something in their hand. Bowlers get this ball in their hand, and they're like, oh, man, I can kill them with this ball. Not if you chase it in with that ball, because you'll destroy the pattern, and your third game will go in the toilet. You talk so about... It's you surface early with less flare, ball down at least once, maybe twice, and then if you have to chase it in, you can. All these practice sessions we've done, the lanes end up very easy somewhere around the 6-7 board after a couple, three hours of bowling on them, if you follow the strategy we talk about. And, Mo, I need you to hold that thought for one second. Got to check in with Bill Semsart over at Bowling this month. Bill? First up, we've got Heather D'Erico with an article about back pain, where she gives us some great tips on what we as bowlers can do to reduce our risk. Next, we've got a new article from USBC Gold Coach Susie Minshew about bowling under pressure and how you can learn to make your best shot when it matters most. And then finally, we've got an article from Team Canada's head coach Tyrell Rose about the different types of focus that come into play throughout bowling's shot cycle. For all this and more, please visit BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up for your no-obligation free trial. Back to you, Tim. All right. For all those articles and more, check out BowlingThisMonth.com. So let me ask you, how much uh, how much do you have uh, Have you been practicing in your sessions with the Kegel Oil, the ice, and if that makes a big difference or not? Because i got to be honest, I've bowled on this a couple times. I mentioned up at Caveman Bowl, uh, Kevin Croucher and Chris Warren have been, putting that, been nice enough to put that shot out. And I've been nowhere near. Now, the next time I go, i got to be honest, I'm going to start out where you're talking here and see what happens. But th- they don't have the kegel, the ice oil, and they're using a, uh, a Brunswick machine. So I just want to get to the, you know, the variables of that and versus, you know, well, when you Brunswick get a Brunswick machine, you're going to have to know how to put it down so that it still gives you that little oil line from, on the floorboard where there's less oil from, from three out than there is on four in. Sometimes that's a little tricky to do because the way machines do put them down a little differently. I don't think the ice oil 
is that important. It's a very popular oil. A lot of guys with Kegel machines are using it. Well, you can use the Brunswick machine. You don't have to use the ice oil. But if you think they're hooking more than what you see when you check the streaming live, you know, on, on your computer, then go a little longer with the powder. So you simulate the amount of skids you're going to get. I don't think you have to use ice. You may have to use a minor adjustment uh, in order to do it. But, yeah, you just want to make sure that when you, whatever machine you use and you put the oil down, when you put your fingers on the lane and press on them and do the tactile test, the first three below boards are slightly less oil than four in. If you do that, then you've simulated what you're going to run into at the USBCs. I don't think the ice oil is that significant, but if you think your lanes hook more than what you're seeing on, on the streaming, then I just add a foot to the pattern to simulate a little tighter pattern. Gotcha. And um, next, let's hit on. We briefly talked about the team versus the double singles. You don't think there's much uh, much difference? I know. I think there's a foot longer on the double singles pattern. But just talk about that briefly too. When you go from 1.64 to 1.86, and they look like they're a little different. When I smear it on the lane, I can't tell where any of the other breaks are in the oil patterns or any places where the oil goes up. And to me, they both play the same. They play so close to the same. It's, it's the first time in a long time they played so close to the same because you're still looking for that same thing. The oil line, the oil seam between the three and the four board was less oil on the outside three and more from four in. So you got to have enough surface oil early with less flare so you can wipe, help remove the oil from the lane as you score, ball down once, maybe boil down a second time, and then play the pattern. Start with asymmetricals early, go to a symmetrical ball. On my sheet that you, you'll see uh, that I recommend the radical balls, I say start with a black reacts, go to the uh, black guru, go to the Mike guru mighty, and then go to either a Yeti Unleashed or a Grease Monkey Power, both of which are symmetrical balls that like to roll up at the break point and knock her down and flip on the back. You use balls that flip on the back, you may be flipping all over the lane. I'm not looking for that this year. And Chris has a point, what he says. The straighter players are going to ball better. That is usually the older generation players. But some of these younger players, the junior team you support, Team USA, those kids are younger and they can play. But they played straighter on the lane. Exactly. So let's talk about this year. It seems like the emphasis has been put back in shot making do you think moving forward this is going to be the new uh, MO of the USBC, so next year when you go to Reno and Vegas, et cetera, that this is going to be the new the new norm, so to speak? Uh, my thought, here's the problem. The average league bowler that likes to go out there to bowl, the guy that goes to the tournament, he's older, he, he doesn't bowl all the time, he wants to go out, have a good time with his family or his buddies and bowl. They all like to play 10. <laughs> you can't play 10 on this pattern. Yes. I think they're going to want to do this. The fact that they've got it outside on the edge, that's going to make people have to practice because how you go to league bowling. How many people playing league bowling bowl outside the first arrow? Not too many where I go. So the shot's in a different place than the average bowlers. The average bowler plays at home. If he knows ahead of time and practices a little bit on the outside, he can do very, very well. But if he goes in there and says, I'm going to use the ball I use at home, I'm going to throw it where I throw it at home, uh, if he gets to 1,600, he's at a good thing. 
So, Mo, this year, is it, uh, is it even more uh, of, a, of an, an important set? Teams work together. Can, can one guy or can two guys who say, you know, the heck with it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to play 10 even though I'm not used to playing 10 or that's where I always play 10 or I got a nice look at 10. Can they screw it up for, for the other eight guys? Well, they can screw it up a little bit, yes. But if you can get more than half your guys to play out, team strategy is always going to be there. The ability of these aggressive balls with the reactive covers that we make these days to remove all from the lane because they're porous, make sure, oh, the other trick is guys when you go out there, wipe the ball off after every shot, even though you don't do it at home. Because remember, the ball you're using the first game, you're trying to score with it, but you're also trying to remove oil from the lane and use it as an eraser. So wipe the ball off between every shot. And I you think the way the lane plays today, teams with strategy, whether the answer is 3,700 or the answer is 3,359, which is leading, or 3,200, team strategy is always going to be part of the game because of the ability to remove oil from parts of the lane with a modern bowling ball when you couldn't do it in the old days on when you had hard rubber balls on uh, with lanes. So, yeah, team strategies going to be an important part of the game whether the scoring pace is 3,700 or the scoring pace is 3,400. All right, Mo. Well, great stuff, uh, great advice for everyone heading out to the USBC Open Championships. Uh, thought it'd be great to catch up with you for a few minutes. And by all the best, keep us uh, keeping in mind of everything going on with Radical, and, and it sounds like you're uh, just as busy as always out there. Yeah, we're pretty busy right now. We've had a really good two-year start. We really had a bang-up first quarter of this year. Yeah, we're doing that. I appreciate that very much. You can find the article, Radical Times article, we call the newsletter, Radical Times. You can find it on the Radical Bowling Technologies Facebook page, and I believe it's also on the website. I always appreciate the chance to uh, talk to you and have fun with the guys. And uh, if Chris Warren sees it the same way I do, this church, we're both on the same page here. All right. Well, good good stuff, uh, Mo, and, and uh, continued success with Radical, and we'll catch up later on down the line. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good time.